Hi, I'm Jim Wells. I'm a member of the Best of Us Investors Network. I hope you'll join us and become a part of our community. So, Carrie just did a video on Kathy Wood basically justifying his portfolio and what he is invested in. He is invested in disruptive technology that are going to change the world. So the areas he is invested in are electric cars, 3D printing, artificial intelligence, robotics, biotech, or genome testing. I want to show you a chart. Kathy Wood shows the research in this chart that Arc Investment has done in all of these areas as far as potential yield of return in the coming years. I personally am invested in, Arc, in the Arc Innovation ETF, uh, so I have exposure to all of these areas as well. However, let's look at the top of the chart to see what is the space that is expected to get the number one or the best return from ARK Investments research in the coming years. So number one, blockchain technology, Bitcoin. Okay, so Bitcoin, yes, the coin, but also Bitcoin as the network an ecosystem. Best of Us Investors presents Jim Wells. So here are some of Kathy Wood's thoughts on Bitcoin and blockchain technology. This is a, these are the key points from an article in CNBC, March 8, 2021. So she said cryptocurrencies could stabilize and eventually behave like bonds. Also, a 60 to 40 portfolio that's split between stocks and bonds may look more like a 60-20-20 would said. That is 60 in equities or stocks, 20 in bonds, and 20% in cryptocurrency. Wood also said that at the moment, the price of Bitcoin is most closely correlated with real estate. Carry real estate. Okay. So the following is taken from an article on the on the Ark Invest website entitled Debunking Bitcoin's Myths. So here's a thesis quote. Ark believes that some influential financial research institutions are dismissing Bitcoin based on stale information, incoherent arguments, and flawed analysis. This is from Arc Investment. Okay, I'm going to let Kathy Wood explain to you what she thinks about adoption. Uh, part of fintech uh, and digital wallets, of course, is um, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, and we're astonished uh, to see, we're not astonished to see the price uh, elevate, we're, because we expected institutional to become a bigger part of uh, the equation as we saw sort of the infrastructure moving into place. Uh, but what we didn't expect was uh, that, that uh, Bitcoin would uh, become a part of the balance sheets of institutions. Uh, so uh, Square, 1% of its assets, 2% of its cash is in Bitcoin. MicroStrategy, I think more than 100% of its cash is in uh, in Bitcoin, and uh, just this week, 
uh, MicroStrategy hosted a conference for institutional investors to show them the way, uh, you know, a good way to diversify your cash. And uh, given uh, everything going on in uh, the, the DeFi space, the decentralized uh, finance space, um, we wouldn't be surprised to see Ether moving in this direction. It's probably going to take a while. Uh, we think the, 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 the more secure, the more secure, uh, diversification into crypto, uh, will be through, through Bitcoin. So to continue with the article from ARK Investing that deals with the research and is entitled Debunking Myths of Bitcoin. Okay, it's very interesting because it basically talks about the same criteria that we've been using to describe Bitcoin since I've started doing my videos. So uh, I'm really happy to see that it it's the same. So it, it gives the same basic argument. So, but we'll do it from their standpoint. So Bitcoin's volatility is diminishing over time. As its adoption increases, the marginal demand for Bitcoin should become a smaller percentage of its total network value, diminishing the magnitude of price swings. As it's adopted, as more banks, as more institutions, more retail investors, more people understand the space, its volatility will continue to lessen. Over the long time horizons, Bitcoin's purchasing power has in increased significantly. Since 2011, for example, the price of Bitcoin has compounded at an annual rate of roughly 200%. And despite significant intra-year moves, it has appreciated on a year-over-year -year basis every year since 2014, as measured by its lowest value of the year. So Kathy Wood makes this point. Michael Saylor makes this point. Anthony Pompolino makes this point. Raul Paul makes this point that you're not going to find a better return on your investment over the past 10 years, it's been the best equity, it's been the best asset, so keep that in mind. So next issue, market cap. We believe as a suitable contender for the first global digital money, Bitcoin should attract demand similar at the minimum to that of gold, yet contrary to claims that is in a massive bottle, Bitcoin's network value or market cap is less than that of gold's. Talked about this at length. Okay, Bitcoin currently has about a trillion dollar market cap. Gold currently has about a $10 trillion market cap. Okay, you see Bitcoin going up, gold stabilizing, even possibly going down. More people are getting into Bitcoin than gold recently. It has an opportunity to replace gold as a store of value. It's easier to move. It's much more functional, has much more utility. It's easier to break down. It's more eco-friendly. Okay, so those points have all been made. Scarcity. Bitcoin scarcity is critical to its network. Now at 18 million, million units, excuse me, the number of Bitcoin is mathematically metered to top at 21 million units. Talked about this at length, as shown below. Each Bitcoin is linked to one wallet at a time and cannot be copied. Importantly, the only way to control a user's Bitcoin is to have access to its associated private keys. That gets into a little bit of the area of decentralization too, which we've talked about and we will continue to talk about. Um, through Andreas Antonopoulos, we'll continue to talk about that, but specifically here they're talking about scarcity, okay? And how there will be 
absolutely, that is the cap. That is, that is the most Bitcoin that could ever be made. Therefore, there is a demand for it. Okay, as you reduce the supply, the demand goes up. Basic economics. So, legality. It appears that only a small percentage of Bitcoin transactions are for illicit purposes or illegal activities. According to chain analysis, the number of Bitcoin's transactions linked to illegal activities remains below 1%. Perhaps a tribute to Bitcoin's transparency. Any user can view the complete history of transactions on the network, suggesting that the physical cash is a better median for illegal activities. Okay, as indicated below, cash transactions account for a larger share of illicit activities than new cryptocurrency transactions on both absolute and relative terms. I can add to this that when Kathy Wood responded to Janet Yellen and her illicit claims of Bitcoin, uh, she basically said that FBI agents use and other, other regulators use cryptography. That's basically what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is, blockchain, cryptography. That's what they use. There is an IP address. There is a region that it comes from. There is an amount. They can track it. They can't track cash when you're carrying it around in suitcases. So from that standpoint, it's much easier to track. Efficiency. Bitcoin is much more efficient than traditional banking and gold mining on a global scale. Traditional banking consumes 2.34 billion gigajoules. Uh, per year and gold mining 500 million gigajoules, while Bitcoin consumes 184 million, less than 10% and 40% of traditional banking and gold mining respectively. Additionally, Bitcoin's mining estimate dollar per cost per gigajoule expanded is 40 times more efficient than that of traditional banking and 10 times more efficient than that of gold mining. So, is it the most efficient way of, of creating uh, any asset? No. But when you compare it to the amount of expenditure of energy that banks and both gold mining has, you can make that comparison. Much less than either of those entities. All right. In conclusion, as the Bitcoin network continues to mature, we believe at ARK Investments that it will cement Bitcoin's role as an emerging monetary asset and that financial institutions will do well to consider it very seriously. Kathy Wood, ARK Investments. Attitudes are changing. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, Shark Tank. He's always on CNBC. He's always on every interview. He just recently had an interview with Kathy Wood. And he was the biggest dissenter of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. He would debate Anthony Pompolino constantly and back and forth. He called it a nothing burger and it's a joke. It's nothing. This, that, and the other thing. Well, just put 3% of his holdings into it. And his funds that he's in charge of, the banks and the financial institutions see it as a real asset, as something that is very investable. They asked him and that was his answer. Why did your attitude change in the space? Well, basically because the people that I answer to want it in their portfolio. So it's, it's happening. Adoption is happening. All of these 
different criteria that we're talking about continues to occur. Has it run a lot? Yeah, it's run. It's run quite a bit. Should you put your life's worth? Kathy Wood said 20% of your holdings. And maybe you should dollar cost average into it. Now, if you're not comfortable with space, don't get into it. It is volatile, but the potential for yield and its innovation and everything that Kathy Wood is about, everything that you're about, Carrie, in terms of converging technologies coming into the future, right here, this book mentions it at length, talks about blockchain technology. Kathy Wood's number one, number one potential yield for the future years to come. That's what her research indicates. So it's something to really consider strongly.